Hello, and welcome to a very special international edition of Games in Schools and Libraries. My name is Kathleen Mercury, as always, coming to you from the hinterlands of the American Midwest in St. Louis, Missouri. But I'm very excited today to have Juan David with us. He is from Bogota, Colombia, which is cool because it's actually the same time zone. So as fancy as international editions are, hurrah, it's actually pretty easy to coordinate this, so that's great. I'm very excited to have Juan on the episode. Uh, Juan, thank you very much for being here. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited of being here. Yeah, this is great. So uh, I, I have a post that I have a nudge every now and then of, um, on BGG in the Games in the Classroom forum. It's basically GSL. Hey, want to be on it? And Juan saw it, was happy enough to uh, nudge me and talked a little bit about his work using Ticket to Ride and using, um, for some math classes, Ticket to Ride Pandemic, uh, Pirates of the Spanish Main. But then in talking with him a little bit before the show, there's way more to it than that. So um, Juan, why don't you introduce yourself? and explain your background um, and what you do. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Juan, Juan David Garcia. I, uh, I'm, an, I, I'm an electrical engineer, and I did my PhD studies in artificial intelligence in biomedical imaging. And uh, mostly I did research. Uh, I, I worked in at research labs and uh, a little bit at uh, in Spain and uh, Czech Republic. And then I came back and I associated myself with the Universidad Nacional, with the National University, with the School of Medicine, because of the biomedical engineering part. And now I teach uh, biological models. And uh, when I was in Europe, well, I, I did my PhD in Prague, and that's where I got exposed to, to games, because uh, it's a big thing. I mean, the, the winters are really cold. Not well, yeah, and so you, you don't have mu uh, much uh, a lot of things to do but to go to a bar and drinking beer. Well, it's it's fun, but it gets old. And they sure. they used to have uh, games, just you know, games lying around, and and they would give them to you at any bar, like in in almost any bar, you could get uh, uh, some coffee or some tea. They're more tea drinkers than than we Colombians are, mm -hmm. and a beer. <laughs> and I saw like. They were really into uh, Carcassonne. I mean, that was yeah. really, really popular. So, you know, I played a couple of times. I, I, I had a regular, you know, background as a, as a game player. My, my uncles and aunts loved to play Risk. Uh, and, and we played it a bit and maybe Scrabble. Uh, but, but I didn't know how, you know, how good it was. And... Um, So when I came back, I, uh, I, I discovered there was a, a bit of a scene of, of gaming. And, mm -hmm. and also, like for me, it's a, I, I, I really like it because it's a way of spending time with my, with my wife. You know, I like playing mm -hmm. with her and just, you know, talking about of things. And usually we won't fight after, after the game is over if one <laughs> beats the other too bad. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I, I just felt like... Uh, Putting them into the the classroom was a, was a good idea. Uh, mm -hmm. I, uh, I I ha I have a very like a lot of liberty in my in my class, and uh, so I, I try to put in new things. I, uh, I I sort of feel that that the whole point of teaching is like to get the students to that point of saying like Wow, that's really cool. Like, like I, mm -hmm. <laughs> I I really enjoyed coming here because uh, especially for them, uh, you know the the younger generations. They have so many things to do, you know. You're you're right. you're really struggling to get their attention away from internet and a, and a very very you know um, a lot of websites that are designed professionally to capture all of their attention. Or uh, fortunately, we have a very beautiful campus uh, which mm -hmm. has lots of lots of meadows and uh, trees and uh, you know it's it's a very nice place. And when it's sunny, you go like, they're actually here listening to what I have to say. And uh, so I need to give them something back. I mean, I, I, I really, sometimes I, my, my PhD advisor, once I told him that uh, there was no business like show business, and he said, like, we're in science. Like, no, I, I, he didn't appreciate that comment. Oh, <laughs> well, I think that speaks, though, to, you know, sort of the human nature. I mean, I always say good teachers teach kids first, then content, you know, no matter how old these kids are. I mean, because certainly you're working with a population substantially older than my own. Um, but if you don't have an understanding for the learner in front of you, then 
it doesn't ma- like what you say you have no real idea like if it sticks or not you know you don't know well, if you don't check to see what they know ahead of time you know just all the things a good teacher should do to know your audience know your room you know so so you talked about you know discovering games while you're in the process and then just sort of bringing them in together did you feel like for your first attempts with using games in the classroom was it a game that you that sort of inspired you as far as how you could use it? Or was it, I want to bring games in the classroom. What games can I use to do this? Which approach did you take? Well, it was more, um, I, th- I think it, it actually was a comment in the uh, Board Game Geek uh, forum. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think they, I, I teach, uh, a lot of what I teach are graphs. And uh, graphs are, are just uh, nodes and... and um, edges that connect them and that can be anything it can be a, uh i don't know like a chemical molecule or a mm-hmm. dna or uh ecosystems whatever it's just a very a very uh handy way of representing complex models like things made mm-hmm. of, of of a lot of small parts and someone made a very interesting uh thread in which they made the graphs of different games of popular games and they said can you identify it so I think Pandemic wasn't there, Risk wasn't there, um, probably Settlers of Catan. Well, you know, like very, you know, very, very well known uh, mm-hmm. top sellers and people were identifying them. And uh, I don't know, uh, some, some people made the comment like, wow, this, this, this would be good in a classroom. And I thought like, yeah, I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. I started with Ticket to Ride and uh, it just, you can trap them. I mean, you can explain the game really fast. And uh, and they start. They, they they don't have like this predisposition of oh I'm not going to understand or I need to mm-hmm. write down everything for the test. But they go in the mode like oh I I actually want to beat uh, the other people. Usually I give like a, an extra bonus if they win because if not okay. they, they're really not invested into it. Sure. And uh, so every time I put I put in more things and. Uh, and and I get I get more things out of, out of the game. Um, I, I mm-hmm. use Pandemic only once, but uh, but I, I'd like to go to go deeper into it. I don't know. It's just like since since games are something that are around since you're since you're a kid, they're they're so easy to explain. Like and if you think about right. it, uh, like at high school level or even college level, when they want to explain probability, uh, that's that's how they do it. And most statistics, it's like uh, like what are the chances of getting of you know, rolling a, a die three times with a with a three, and mm-hmm. and that's something you can visualize and and grab, and especially like the the physical part, you know, grabbing it. And uh, I, I think a lot of the students, even if they're well, I mean, if they're young adults, they respond to that. I mean, other parts of their body are being used, and you're not just teaching them, or or not just using the most abstract part of the brain. And and I mm-hmm. think and I, I think that works. And and I wish I could I could have more. You know, more more uh, more interactive stuff like music or whatever. Well, so go more in depth though in terms of I'm curious, like so because like for example, Ticket to Ride, it's something that yes, it's great because you can teach it super fast, get people in it, and they see not just what they're doing immediately, but they can see how the game is going to progress, and that's hard to come across in, in a lot of games sometimes, you know. Um, so how exactly did you use Ticket to Ride? How did, what what content were you working with? Okay, so on the first class, I just I just tell them. Um, uh, well, I, I explain the the game briefly. Uh, I tell them uh, you're uh, um, you, you get some extra bonus in the first in the first test if you win, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you go like okay, um, let's let's. I, I begin abstracting it and I say like, what's really important? Where is the information of this? So, so I take out the, uh, I, I use the American edition. So I take away the US map, yeah, the North American map. Mm-hmm. So, so then you see the, the routes and then you go, but the routes are not really the only thing you, you got there. You, got, you, got, you also have the nodes and you know, I simplify the picture until you get with a typical graph um, picture of, of circles and, uh, and lines. And then, and then I say, okay, and this could be anyway. Like uh, in the in this game, uh, the location of the uh, of the uh, of the nodes of the cities has a has a physical meaning. I mean, it's it's more or less the position they are in in real life. But then I mix it up. I, I move it. I, I move it around, 
And I say like, but still, if you move it around if, and if you uh, put a random location, it still has the same information. And you can put this information as a, as a, a adjacency mat matrix or something else. And I say, and the mathematical object behind it is a graph. And then I go into it. So it's sort of like, you know, they, they already see that, it, that you, can use, you can use it for something. And then mm -hmm. you go and say like, and this is how, how you do it. Whereas usually in, in math and in, um, and in engineering, the way they teach you things is they teach you like a very small, like a nugget. They say like, this is the equation or this is a physical law that you're going to investigate. And then you work everything around it. And, uh, and this is sort of the other way around. First, you show them how you, how you use it. And then you go and, uh, and actually tell them what it is. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Um... Well, especially because to find a game that suits your purpose uh, so well. But why did you only use, well, you said you've, you've only did the pandemic the one time. What's made it difficult for, use that, for you to use that more often? Uh, no, no, no. I just, uh, it's, uh, I, well, probably because when, when, when something works, you just stick with it. You know, sure. we're, we're creatures sure. of habit. And, <laughs> yeah. And, you and can't you invent the wheel all the time. Yeah. And, and, and you think... Well, you know, if this works, and and I actually had a bit of a of a guilty conscience. I, I I was thinking like, do I really want to take pandemic and other stuff because it's it's uh, it's a better learning uh, aid, or or do I want to take it because I like the game and and I would just you know, I, I just want to log some extra time uh, with the students. But uh, well, I think I think that's an important question though. Sometimes when it comes to using games in education, because you know if you're careful. Or if you're not careful, you know, you could say, oh, this is a great game and this, you know, content-wise is what we're teaching or whatever. But if the game doesn't really help you achieve those objectives, you know, even if it's, let's say it's like halfway there, is it still worth using, you know, in class? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't, you know. But I think a, a lot of times, because, you know, there's, you know, time is precious. We never have enough time to cover all the things that we want. So if we're going to spend a lot of time on something that is a game where, you know, knowledge isn't necessarily as directly taught as you have to sort of extract that, mm -hmm. um, that can be a difficult call to make on whether or not it is the right idea to do. Yeah, no, you, it's definitely true. And, uh, but, but then, I don't know. I, I think that uh, in education, we don't take... Uh, so much into account the uh, actually the entertainment value. I mean, mm -hmm. if something is entertaining, your student is going to be you know he, he's going to focus on it. So, what what what, what would you rather have? Like fifty percent of the contents uh, with a hundred percent of attention, or a hundred percent of the contents with uh, maybe twenty or ten percent of the attention? So right. So you have to you have to balance balance this and and. Uh, Well, I have games, but uh, but I, uh, for example, I, I ran across a uh, an analysis, a very very interesting page in which they they take uh, all the novels of uh, Game of Thrones and and the TV series, and they mm -hmm. analyze how many interactions uh, there are between characters, and then they put it as a graph, and they make the centrality, and they say, I mean, they put a lot of stuff, and and I actually take a class with that because I think okay if people are you know you would rather concentrate on dragons that on uh, I don't know uh, fruit flies but uh, if you're showing them the content and uh, I mean it's it's I, I understand it's just a wrap it's just like a, a sugar coating but it does work I mean it does bring yeah. the attention and for example in some conferences I uh, I, I take 30 minutes or 40 well when I'm not with With my students, but you know, I get invited somewhere. You take mm -hmm. 40, 45 minutes and uh, explaining like the bases, and then in the end, you bring out a Game of Thrones or uh, you know something something that's really visual and attracts their attention. You you think, why didn't I start here? Right, right. Well, and I think I think your points, you know, a fair one, well taken. You know, as far as you know, students are engaged. I mean, even if it's a bad game, there was one time <laughs> where. Um, Some of our science teachers wanted me to help them with uh, to gamify this one particular aspect of their content on the photosynthesis. Okay, and I just I like I wanted to work on it for them, but I just didn't have time. Plus, you know, creating games is a long, hard process, even for a classroom activity. You know. Yeah. And so, 
I ended up finding something online and it was really simple, you know, where you like rolling dice and then choosing the parts and, you know, sort of building your little photosynthesis cycle. But the thing they said, like the kids really loved it because it was still a game. They got to be doing something. It was hands on. They were engaged. It wasn't just, you know, some of the front of room sort of pointing out the cycle. Although she said the funny thing was, is kids who were in my class doing game design were complaining about it not being that good of a game because they you know, had built up their, you know, I guess their gaming knowledge or gaming literacy, as I say, their skill set. And so they were, were critical about this as a gaming activity where, you know, which I thought was a kind of a funny little thing, but they also played it, you know, and, yeah. and by having them engage hands-on and working with the material, you know, yeah, you're right. I think it does. it doesn't, and I've said this before, like it doesn't have to be the best game or a perfect game because kids are just so happy to play games that even if it's bad, you know, you can still probably get, you know, more across than you would have otherwise. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking maybe not game literacy, but not, now it's game snobbery. Oh. <laughs> You've created little, well, little small snobs. I, 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 I may have. I try, <laughs> uh, you know, because we talk about certain games, you know, and so, for example, and Monopoly is a good one. And, you know, it's that it's that sort of dichotomy between if this is something that your family likes to do together, where you're playing a game together and you're having fun and everybody's laughing, having a good time. How can I dismiss that, you know, all the way to the other end of the spectrum of like sort of like the mind numbering hours long drudgery <laughs> that can be a game of Monopoly, you know. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to tilt towards if you're having fun with it and it's good for you and it's good for your family, then it's a great game, you know. Um, so have you ever created any games like for your classes for what you're doing or are you always taking other games and sort of modifying or applying them to what you're doing? No, actually last semester I, uh, I got invited to, a uh, to a class. It was a class in, um, um, basically what, uh, it's for the, uh, bioinformatics, uh, masters. And most mm-hmm. of the, most of the students are biologists or, um, uh, how do you call this, bacteriologist or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, life science, uh, which unfortunately, and, it, and it, to me it's quite surprising, they don't really have a good math formation. I mean, uh, uh, math education. Some of them do. Uh, some of them, mm-hmm. of course, uh, become really good in statistics. But, uh, but the more abstract part of it, uh, you, they, they, they don't uh, seem to be so good at it. They're not really that good, for example, in geometry you know, in uh, projecting things and trying to visualize uh, other, other, you know, like the way we engineers do, like in, in the space uh-huh. and you move in a curve and uh, stuff like that. Uh, and uh, it was, um, it's uh, the, the teacher who invited me, he's more or less my age, uh, but he, he had gone, I mean, he went the other way around. He started in biology and then he he did his PhD more in the uh, like the uh, computer part of, of it, and he reconstructs uh, metabolic uh, um, networks. Mm-hmm. And um, and he said, the thing is, if if I teach it, I'll it it takes most of the semester uh, uh-huh. for my students, and and then I don't get to the interesting part. I mean, this is uh, the the linear algebra part is just it's just a tool. And, and I don't want to spend so much time in it. So I, I thought, okay, what, how, how can I teach this? And, mm-hmm. uh, and I adapted a game. Um, I actually, well, probably you, you should know how, uh, what, what the classification of the mechanic is. Uh, basically, you have uh, uh, ships, in this case, pirate, pirate ships, and they just move uh, in certain directions, and you, and you uh, sum up like a simulation, a battle simulation game. I, I, I don't know how they would be called. Sort of like X-wing, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and ultimately uh, a, a very important part of linear algebra is this: is just like uh, uh, summing up vectors in a space, or in a, and the space can be very complex. So I uh, I adapted it. I, I went to the uh, toy store, uh, thinking I, I tried to buy uh, to the hobby store. I should say uh, I, I bought. I, I got to buy X-wing, which was cool, and and I got to play it. But then I saw these uh, Spanish Armadas, a uh, um, TCG, probably, mm-hmm. uh, in which you get, uh, well, you used to get, because it's uh, discontinued, uh, small, um, 
it's like in a plastified cardboard. Uh, okay. and, and you can build a, a miniature of the ship. They're, they're very nice, but they're, they're discontinued. And it has certain rules. And I simplified some of them, and I put some other things. And uh, basically, what they had to do was just sum up uh, vectors in, in, a, in, a, in a big plane. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, they did that part. I mean, actually, that part wasn't difficult. Uh, but I, I put a lot of flavor into it. I, I, I made cards horrible cards I have to admit uh, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not a crafty person I'm a very I'm actually very abstract my, my, my roommate used to say that uh, my body was just like a, a very uh, sophisticated shuttle that got my brain to the things that interested it <laughs> and um, that's a pretty great compliment <laughs> yeah I, I'm not sure if she said it as a compliment but uh, because she oh, I, I would <laughs> I would 100% take it as such yeah well but it, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty precise but uh, mm -hmm. and actually that was that was a very interesting part for me the learning process because you know when you have to make this stuff and you have to uh, print it out and uh, I mean I know the result wasn't so impressive but you know having something Usually I, I end up with code and papers and results mm. and having something in my hands that I did. It was like, you know, I, I, I actually went to my, to my mom, who's a retired teacher, and was like, look, Ma, look what I did. <laughs> no, I think, but that's one thing, though, is I think there's so much overlap between, you know, instructional design and, you know, curriculum design and game design. You know, at the end of the day, they're very, very similar processes. And just like... You know, and the thing that we often, you know, I have a hard time doing this. My students have a hard time doing this is when you play a prototype and you measure it against published games. So published games have been, you know, worked on for years, play tested for, you know, how, however many, you know, you know, blind and, you know, play tests and, you know, so much work refinement in the rules. You know, there's been so much work on those games. And when we compare you know, one of our newer games to that, that's just not fair, right. you know, but when you think about, you know, think as a rough draft, or even going back to the original idea, like as a lesson plan, the first time you teach something, you know, and, and because we're used to working in that, you know, education space, working in that medium, if, if a lesson doesn't go that well, you're like, okay, what worked, what didn't work, how can I improve on this? And you, you make those changes. Yeah, but that... especially, but with, when you're working in a game, and it's a new medium, you know, having those sorts of bobbles can be really difficult because you just don't have that much experience. But I don't think you should be so hard on yourself or saying sure. like, oh, this is a bad game. It's just it's just the beginning. No, actually, actually, it was quite surprised. Well, I mean, it was it was uh, an exhausting lesson uh, mm -hmm. because uh, we did. We, uh, I, did, I didn't have teaching assistants uh, that day. So I was just explaining the game, running from one side to the other, and this was basically the first prototype run of the game. So then, you know, mm -hmm. all, all the mistakes came up. Like, what do I do in this? This is not well explained. And uh, mm -hmm. but um, but the first part was was they were having fun. And uh, oh, actually, something I I, um, I I forgot to mention was that one of the good things when when uh, of Ticket to Ride and giving it as one of the first lessons is that uh, students tend to bond. And, uh, you know, in a postgraduate course, uh, most of them don't know each other. You know, mm -hmm. it might be, might be one of their first courses or, or they just came to a different faculty. So uh, it's a social activity and they actually speak to each other. I mean, I, I remember courses in which I, 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 I didn't know anyone. I, you know, I just went, I sat down and I left. And, uh, and that's part of, the, part of the teaching experience. And uh, sometimes we overlook it, but... Uh, But yeah, the social part is, uh, well, it's, it's also part of education. Well, I mean, I certainly agree. I mean, one of the main driving forces of me using games in the classroom isn't about the games, but it's about the you know social and affective needs of gifted kids and how playing games can really help them, you know, as far as relating to other people, explaining their ideas more, learning how to recover when either they lose a game or game design doesn't work out well. You know, it's really about coaching the human forward in their lives as much as it's like, you know, having them design games, hopefully getting them to design games. So I think that's, I think that's an important part. And I love that you're so human centered about what you do and how you do it. Yeah. I, uh, like when I started, when, when I decided to do the PhD, well, my, both my parents are teachers, uh, mm -hmm. university teachers, Uh, or yeah, well, I mean they're retired right now, 
but uh, you know, always I, I always had a really good feedback in uh, uh, at at my at uh, my house. Uh, mm-hmm. How do, oh, do you say house or household? We have the same word uh, in Spanish. You usually say house. Yeah. House is fine. Okay. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. at the house, I always had it like a, you know, university was like this magical place in which uh, uh, things happen and, you know, you met with interesting people. So I always had, and and uh, actually my parent had his own uh, consulting company. Uh, my parent, my dad. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a consulting company and he was really stressed out. And when he went to full-time teaching, like he realized, I, I, I remember it like, Distinctly as a you know how, how how things began being so much so much easier with with him, and mm-hmm. so when I went into the PhD, I, I wanted to go to university not necessarily to teach, maybe more to do research. And and mm-hmm. uh, well, my, my PhD was in artificial intelligence, and uh, definitely as many engineers, uh, you know, you go you or electrical engineers and uh, computer computer science people, you go into it because you love science fiction. I mean. I, I, right. I, I can say that probably, I don't know, 70% of my uh, of people that graduated with me went into, uh, you know, started college thinking that they were going to be either, you know, in, you know, working on robot, robots or, uh, mm-hmm. or designing video games. I mean, those mm-hmm. were like the, the best, uh, the best, the best uh, jobs that, that you could think of, but uh, think about. But anyway, like, I, yeah, I went into research. More than uh, more than thinking about doing more research than teaching, but then I discovered that I really enjoy teaching, because uh, research can be sometimes very um, uh, how do you say it um, like very dry. Like you work right. a lot in something, and and you probably well, I mean, as Thomas Alva Edison said, like yeah, you discover a thousand ways that don't work, right? And and that can be frustrating again. But in teaching, uh, if you well, I mean, if, if you're looking at the students, you get immediate feedback. I mean, it's it's I, I think it's like being a performer. You know, if they're being if they're getting bored, if they like it, if they like this lesson more than the other, uh, you put in a little joke and you see, OK, no, this this doesn't work. They, they get lost. So I don't know. Probably the feedback is, um, you know, getting getting an, an immediate response and uh, getting getting feedback from the students is uh, is great and probably that that makes you uh, a little bit more uh, sensitive to uh, to people and people in general mm-hmm oh yeah no I agree and it's funny though too because uh, I've got a game that I'm working on that I need to send the the publisher that's interested in it, I have to send a copy off to them next week. And so uh, the nice thing for me is, <laughs> I mean, this is very direct, but I get to have a lot of play tests happen in a short amount of time with my students if I really want to, you know, so uh, that's definitely an advantage. But the other thing that I like about that, though, is when you know, I'm playtesting a game with them and I'm asking their opinion, like, what do you think the rule should be? They're like, no, I think that rule is good. Or no, I think you should change that. And I, you know, and they see me writing it down. They see me frustrated when something doesn't work. They see me excited when something does work or someone gives me a really good idea. I mean, one of my students, because it's a, it's a race game and it had a problem where there was just, I couldn't find a catch up mechanism that worked well enough in the game that wasn't something that was just like clumsy and just kind of like stapled on. And I, I told the kids what I was kind of thinking about. And then this one student, he's like, well, couldn't you just do this? You know, you just, when you look at a kid and you're just like, that's so incredibly like elegant and simple and perfect. And now, you know, just that little thing has made such a difference in the way that the game plays in terms of like tightening it up and all that. And I think, you know, when we show to students, you know, because especially, you know, if you're running a game for the first time, they're going to know it, you know? And Mm so they've, they're so incredibly helpful in terms of their own feedback coming back to you, not just about like actual games, but everything. And I think, um, you know, we become better teachers when we really listen to our kids too, because they've been in a lot of classes and they've had a lot of teachers and they know a good one from a bad one, you know, and they're, especially if you're trying to get better, they're always willing to help you. Yeah. And they know, uh, (laughs) they, they know, uh, uh, someone that's giving a first lesson from someone that, that, that isn't giving it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, oh, yeah. and I was really, I mean, I, w- I was really scared the first time I, I, I gave my, uh, well, my, my class and mm-hmm. I thought, you know, there, I, you get the, the, uh, imposter syndrome and you go, they're going to know that I don't know about this. <laughs> and then you get comfortable with it and, and you get comfortable with not knowing st- stuff. And, uh, 
and probably what you, you were speaking at the beginning about how um, how you don't get all the plan through, and mm-hmm. uh, I think I think that's okay in general. Well, you know, probably probably if you're t- teaching, I don't know, toxicology or <laughs> first aid or something like very very practical, like you, you should better get the whole plan. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I would rather like that, and, and I understand that sometimes. <laughs> Uh, you know, not education, but instruction has to be dry and it has to be drilled and mm-hmm. you have to repeat it and you have to, you know, until until sure. you get to know it. And, and probably that's why I go to the more the more abstract mm-hmm. part. But um, but but I, I have semesters in which I, I, I simply don't have the time to finish all all the subjects. But I go like like the students know where to look at. You know, it's just a taste. And uh, and. I, I my PhD was with biomedical imaging, and that's mm-hmm. just because one teacher decided one semester to give you know one month of that, and I thought like wow this is I, I didn't know this th- this could be uh, that we could work with this and uh, mm-hmm. you know just give them taste I mean yeah sure and, you never know and and well, also um, I, I try to use I and now I, I use a lot of videos on on YouTube and uh, there's a lot of really really interesting stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, and people that, that really think about how to explain things. And, uh, so in the beginning I, I, I thought I'm going to look at this and I'm going to take this idea and probably the other one, uh, sort of, I, I guess sort of like designing a game, you go like, Hmm, I'm going to pick this and I'm going to pick that. And, uh, but, uh, but sometimes you, you just think, I'm just going to show them the video. It's so well made. Why, why do I have to give them a, a watered down copy? Mm-hmm. And and your role as a teacher, uh, or at least as a, as a college level teacher, well, I guess I guess all sorts, is uh, you're, you're no longer like the the source of the knowledge, or you know the only holder of the knowledge. You're just like a like the gatekeeper. You say like you should look at this, and then at this, and then at this, and wait, don't 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 read this right now. Read it at the end, and and you become sort of like a curator of resources, right. Yeah. I mean, because especially when kids ask me a question, it's like, well, if only you had a device that was connected to the vast stores of human knowledge that could perhaps give you <laughs> the answer. I mean, I'm happy to tell you what I think, but I don't know that I'm always right, you know. Um, but, but it's also, too, like teaching them to, you know, independently try to solve problems, too. I'm not just trying to be dismissive, obviously. Um, so you at your university there, you said before we started recording that there was definitely a big push um, towards using games at the university level there. How is that um, how has that been addressed? How has that gone over with your colleagues? How have you been able to work with that? Well, um, some well <laughs> some, some, some of my colleagues, I mean they, they, they see me walking through the, uh, the corridors with, with the game and they go like, are you, are you are you really are you really going to class or are you and I say like yeah I'm I'm, I'm actually mm-hmm. working uh, so some especially well I mean this is no surprise but especially the the older staff is not they're not really that receptive to that uh, mm-hmm. but a lot of other um, of other teachers and and I have to say also uh, elder elder teachers that that still work with younger students. Uh, they, they'll take anything to give to gain their attention, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, there was uh, actually I had just uh, I, I had finished this uh, adaptation of the um, uh, of the linear algebra uh, game, and mm-hmm. and I received an email. It was an institutional email that said like, if you have any innovative uh, teaching ideas, well, we're we're ready to support them from. Um, one of the uh, I, I, I don't remember exactly what kind of division the vice dean of uh, uh, learning aids I, I don't remember and mm-hmm. uh, I went there I mean a lot of people sent their their uh, what they had and what ideas they had and it turns out that games a lot of teachers are are, are using games and they're actually designing them and they're making them uh, I had uh, and and she would probably be a really good guest for for this show uh, mm-hmm. Teacher of the of the of the vet school. And, oh, cool. Yeah, and she she did um, she did a game that was very like the um, she took different species, uh, domesticated and not not domesticated, and mm-hmm. they combine in a certain way to calculate something that which, if I remember correctly, is the z factor of a of a terrain. 
So you need to have so many, you know, so many of these pieces together. And mm -hmm. uh, she had friend in, friends in the uh, design department, so, so her cards are way nicer than mine. <laughs> and uh, what else? Well, a lot of, um, a lot of people doing uh, electronic games or, uh, you know, video games or uh, mm -hmm. enhanced storytelling. Uh, and, and we came together and we were all looking at each other saying like, wow, we're doing similar stuff. So now the question is, and uh, but I have to say that uh, one thing you notice is y you can very much see who who's into gaming and who isn't, because right. the mechanisms of those that don't that don't game are, uh, I mean they're pretty basic, right? And, uh, like roll and move sorts of things. Yeah, a lot of that, or a lot of memory. Like uh, I have, um, I don't know, I have. Uh, Uh, local, uh, you know, a Colombian alligator and his teeth are 15 centimeters or whatever. Yours, you know, is your, the, the fangs of your, of your animal are either bigger or, or smaller. And uh, so, and, and I think that, that, that gives a mixed message because uh, when people actually play them, they, they go like, this is cool. The, the, you know, the pieces are cool. The idea is cool. Right. I'm not sure if I'm having fun. Right. So, uh, so probably, you know, and uh, when you're, when, when you were saying that your, your, your students were probably more, um, uh, more literate critical. about, uh, sorry? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll say critical, we won't say snobby, but go on. <laughs> yeah, critical, critical is good. No, but, but uh -huh. it's true. I mean, if, if you, uh, you need to, you know, when you're exposed to good things then, then you, and good and bad things, then, then you have some, some uh, criteria to say like, okay, this I like. And this I don't like, and uh, and and it applies to anything. I mean, if you've only listened to one kind of music, how how can you compare stuff? And and also, uh, education is that, or cultures. Like, if you only know your culture, you can't you can't really uh, think about other like if what you're doing is good or wrong, or right. or, or convenient or non convenient. So uh, so yeah, you and uh, and you can see that that uh, the mechanisms is something they they. Don't really grasp that well. Um, that there are more, more, more stuff that you can do. That that there is such a. I, I usually start saying like, this is the golden age of gaming. Like you, you jumped in at the at the precise moment, and mm -hmm. uh, and well, I mean, uh, which is which is great because I get to I get to take games and say like, I'm I'm going to educate you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and. I think especially, you know, when it comes to getting others, yeah, when getting non-gamers to use more games in the classroom, the thing that I found to be most helpful is on party games. Okay. Because party games tend to be easily adapted to large groups. They tend to have very simple skill sets. They tend to I mean, have very simple rule sets. Um, that they can be adaptable to all different types of content. And so, and even just showing people better party games, then, you know, even if they're doing it like in a review or something like that, it's still better than, you know, how many permutations of Jeopardy, you know, that kids have said, or just quizzes before the real quiz, you know? So getting kids to sort of think like just one, I think is one that is a great party game where you can give, have kids, you know, they have a concept that they're, you know, they're, everyone is trying to get them to guess and all the different ways that they, you know, have to like sort of think about this particular concept, even if it's a person, a place, a thing, you know, how can we all collectively describe this to them, but try to do it in a way that's so different that we don't, you know, match each other. And so when you've got them thinking about different ways they can make these connections, you know, that's where that learning is taking place. And it's such a simple little game. Um, but the nice thing is, is it's so adaptable, you know, to the classroom. Um, and then you've got people saying, oh, what else is there? What else can I use? I'm like, well, <laughs> okay, welcome to my little lair here, you know, because um, it's because it can be really, I mean, gaming for non-gamers can be really intimidating when you see all kinds of weird things in boxes, even if it has like the friendliest looking cover, you know, yeah, there's, there's a lot there when it comes to getting people to the table sometimes. So, um, I mean, some people just don't like games. And so to have them try to use games in the classroom is a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty amazing that, that people get intimidated by, by games. Like, I, I can understand it with, with some of them, but, uh, but then you, you bring out, uh, oh, what's, uh, like you bring, bring out Rubik's Cube and that, 
everyone likes it, but it's just because mm-hmm. you're familiar with it. Right. Right. And I think, you know, so getting people's familiarity to uh, increase a bit there, you know, just to help it can, that's certainly a good goal. Do you ever find others reaching out to you then um, to help them design games for the work that they're, I know, I, I know at the university level, especially, I mean, there's so many demand. I mean, well, any teacher really, there's so many demands on your time and there's only so much um, you can do, but have you worked with others to, de- to develop games for their work? Oh, it's starting now. <laughs> oh yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's starting now. Like, uh, but, but it, it, it actually, um, I went. I went to speak about something else with uh, uh, the um, curricular area of, of School of Medicine, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I ended up speaking with a with a doctor of uh, a teacher of the area of parasitology, and mm-hmm. she was. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, we we spoke about that before, mm-hmm. and uh, actually it was funny because she was uh, she was interested in uh, virtual reality. Uh, for to to teach some hygiene uh, hygiene habits in a in a remote well not not that remote but uh, uh, underprivileged and and uh, of, of difficult ac- uh, village of difficult access in Colombia in the Andean region mm-hmm. and okay. um, she wanted to do virtual reality she wanted you know to take advantage of uh, cell phone technology is is uh, pervasive nowadays mm-hmm. and uh, well then then I. I you know, speaking with her, I, I realized that she didn't really want virtual reality, but um, augmented reality. You know, okay. having like a book and make have things pop up in the uh, in the cell phone, and uh, and and you know, we were just speaking. I said like, there are a lot of simple things you can do that uh, don't require bringing in someone with with technological knowledge, and that might you know they they might get the same the same way you you want to get they wanted something of a of an interactive story and i said like why, why don't you take a you know like um a cork board like um, how, how do you call the the boards that appear in the uh crime uh, in the police uh, movies in which they put like, a, a bulletin board yeah but the bulletin yeah. board with the you know mm-hmm. like uh i don't know Tony fingers, uh, which is connected <laughs> to the victim, and uh, right, they put right, strings right. and that stuff. And I said, like, because they, they wanted to make a story, like an interactive story, but they also wanted uh, uh, the the children of the um, of the village to work on it. And I said, well, if you want them to work on it, make them write, and you know, just get some some small cardboard pieces and some um, uh, oh, how do you say that? Some tacks. And just you know, make the write the story down and say like, if such a thing happens, you go to the next cardboard and you put a, a piece of string, and then you can just collect the car, the, the the cardboard pieces, and you got a game, and you can I mean, you can illustrate it or or do whatever. So uh, sometimes people get sort of like um, uh, de- you know dazzled by technology and uh, right. and another another nice thing that. Uh, that cardboards, uh, that uh, tabletop games have brought is, you know, bringing back that low tech. I mean, you're not so distracted. You, you know, you're concentrating on a few interesting things and, uh, you know, you have enough concentration left to chat a bit or, you know, mm-hmm. have, a, have a good time or, or, you know, heaven forbid, learn. Yeah. What do you see sort of the future as far as with the work you're doing, how you're using games, what are things that you would want to see? What do you think you might see? What do you think you'll actually see? Okay. You know, and when it comes to how you use games and what you do, it, and it could also, I mean, I'm asking 500 questions at once, so <laughs> just pick what you want to talk about, really. But, you know, even for, you know, this initiative at your university, where do you think this could go? Well, I think um, my university is, is uh, the largest uh, public university in uh in Colombia, and it's a it's a, it's a top level university. It's a, it's very good. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, it sounds pretentious saying it, but it's it really is a very good university. Sure. Uh, basically, because so many people apply to it that you can you know you can select, you can skim and take take only the best. Um, and uh, and it has uh, it's an institution that has a very good um, a very good reputation. Like uh, sometimes uh, 
when you're when you're in a taxi and you go like oh and what do you do and i said like i'm a teacher oh really where do you teach uh national university they go like oh like i tried to go but i couldn't go because uh, you know my my scores weren't that good but my nephew's gonna go and we we're so proud and uh so it has a really good reputation so we were thinking with uh with some of the teachers that that had developed games like why, why should we limit ourselves to do games why not use this reputation to make like a methodology of creating games because we yeah. have we have so much knowledge here and we have like all the abilities we need are here you know we have designers we have uh we have uh plastic artists we have uh we have uh you know uh all, all, the, all the workshops and then we have the knowledge and we have people that want to you know that that can get together and speak and have some uh some idea of how to teach things so uh uh probably I'd like What, what I would like would be implementing a methodology in which teachers came with something they thought about and, uh, you know, they, they could get coached to what kind of game they might uh, generate with it, make a prototype, mm -hmm. and then have it impact in such a way that you can, you know, you can ship it anywhere and say, like, play at this and, you know, it can serve as a either a, a teaching aid or, you know, just as a game, just as a fun game. Right. I yeah, because I think that's that's the trick, you know, because, um, I mean, game design is tough anyway, it's, you know. It's really tough. Right. Yeah. So to distill it down to like if there's it's almost like if there's a process that you're wanting to, to teach, well, then, you know, then here are games that are work really well for processes. If you have a game that's more about content and specific knowledge, here are games that you can sort of use or modify, you know, for the knowledge piece. But we don't really have that yet as far as you know, sort of a, like you said, like, a you know, a con concrete distilled sort of methodology for designing games. And we know a lot as far as, I mean, even in education, it's hard, you know, I'm, I'm trying to write up my game design class into more of a, you know, formal curriculum. And, you know, even thinking like essential questions, you know, what am I really trying to do here? And I mean, the first week when I had them just play games, literally just play simple little games that take 20 minutes to play so that means they can learn them set them up play them in one class period well there are so many different things that were going on at the same time you know everything from you know how are they as a gamer you know do they you know as you know as far as like do they you know do they play well do they take turns do they listen do they try to take it over you know that sort of like social piece of it then how well do they actually learn the games do they read the rules um closely do they you know when they you know how well do they realize that they've made a mistake how do they try to fix the mistake you know all those different things then you know having them look at games critically and writing about it then having them also talk about ideas from these games that they would use in their own games you know and just so even just to for something that's pretty simple for them and just you know, it was probably pretty great. The first week with me was here's a game on the table, you know, play it, then write about it a little bit afterwards. And I'm like pulling my hair out, you know, as far as like, you know, is like 500 essential questions too much. And I understand some of my questions weren't necessarily essential. They're pretty specific, but still, you know, there are a lot of different things going on. And that's one of the best reasons about using games for me in particular, because it has that intellectual challenge. It has that, that social component. It has that affective piece as far as, you know, working with other people and all that, but it's really hard to boil down into something simple. But if you come to think about it, like as in, in with any creative endeavor, we really don't have a recipe for it. I mean, Hollywood doesn't right. have a recipe for good films and, and they lose lots of money with things that they are, you know, they, they should work and yet they don't spark. They don't. Uh, That's true. We don't That's have. That's true. I, uh, I, 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 I give a lot of uh, scientific uh, theory and, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, beca because it's. It's something I really like, and uh, unfortunately, you know, we're living in times in which uh, science has been uh, science as a, as a method of learning a part of your reality has been uh, is is under attack, right? Uh, and uh, and that that that's really something that that scares me. Uh, I go mm -hmm. in and I say like, for for the thing is, it works. Science really works, and it works well. But it doesn't work for anything. And and the example I always put is. Uh, Uh, literary uh, theory. We don't have a unifying uh, literary uh, theory. We don't mm -hmm. know, like if you write a novel that it's, you know, it's a big hit today, uh, we don't know if in a hundred years it's going to be considered, you know, something just uh, parochial and uh, just 
you know, uh, you know, trash literature or pieces that were absolutely dismissed later become classics. We we really don't know what's going to work and what's not. And uh, mm-hmm. and and games as a you know as a, as an industry, uh, they they really don't have that much. Uh, I don't know, maybe a hundred, two hundred years at most. Well, and uh, so if we don't know how to do it, and it's still more art than science, well, yeah, I mean, so be it. And uh, and it's and it's logical. It's it's well, I mean, it's 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 you, you expect it to be to be like that with something that is that is creative and uh, that is trying to communicate somehow. And and of course, you see it in Kickstarter all the time. You know, things that should work, and you say like, "Wow, this is a great idea." Everything. Everything should work, and yet it doesn't. Right, right. But that's well. But you know, I think that's not just like you know a metaphor for you know science, where when something doesn't work the way you expect, that's actually where new growth is probably most likely to be found. You know, like, huh, that was unexpected. Well, then what can we (laughs) distill from that? And I think, I think, and that's just one of the biggest lessons for my students too: is you can't see failure as a you know like it's it's not a closed door it's giving you information about a new opportunity and you have to sort of train your brain to think that way as frustrating as it can't be. If it's not working, you know, what is this telling you? What are you picking up from this? And, and that's really, really hard to do, but it's so important. I think, especially as teachers too, that's how we get better. That's how we grow. That's how we improve by saying, you know, this really isn't working. I mean, I'm looking at fundamentally changing a huge component of my game design class this year because I'm seeing some things that, you know, and I've been, like you said, when you've got something that works, right? Well, I've been doing this, you know, it's, it's improved vastly. Oh my gosh. So even five years ago was totally different, but still, you know, there's some stuff that I think really isn't working and it's time to, you know, try something else. And what are some different ideas that I have? So, you know, I could easily keep doing it the way I did it. You know, I got my rubrics, I got everything down. Um, and it works pretty well, you know, it works. I mean, it's just, the, but the, it's the human factor in it. Some kids respond better than others. And I'm trying to figure out what can I do to, for all those kids that I may have missed with this, what can I do differently? And I have a pretty fun, crazy thought in mind, but you know, I'm going to try it and see what happens. It's and and it's probably part of what we don't teach uh, students. And uh, of course, you, you go there with more or less your lessons planned, and you give it, and you know, and uh, sort sort of like uh, if as if knowledge was monolithic, and this is the truth, mm-hmm. and the teacher comes. But but you know, things change all the time, and uh, not even not only in science, not only in technology. Uh, Beethoven rewrote the. Uh, uh, the introduction of Fidelio, I think like six times and, uh, you know, they were all played in public and he went like, no, no, that's not working. (laughs) And, uh, or, or, uh, well, you know, a a lot of, uh, of, well, of opera or classical music, you think, you think about it something like, you know, it's, it's already the best way it could ever be. But even the author, you know, he's changed it many times and, and, and made variations and and yeah probably teaching should be that and you know probably it's a Mm -hmm. a performing art more than anything else right well and i think too you know for my students whenever they like something it's great it's amazing it's perfect but when they don't like something their critical analysis of it is spot on (laughs) you know it's so good you know so and a lot of times i tend to uh, have them play games, do games in class that I know that you know, past classes have really liked, really enjoyed, because that's a huge part. They have to like games in order to make them. And especially at their age, to keep them interested. Um, but it is fun to throw something in there and just to see how they respond to it, because they're just like, oh, this is not what I thought. Tell me why. And they can. If they like something, they just say it was great. You know? So, oh, yeah, it's exciting, though. I do love a new problem to solve. And that's what I love too about games is it always gives you a new problem to solve. And, and that process is frustrating, but it's just always that chance of like getting the really good answer. That's so thrilling. Right. And uh, just something I, w- I want to come back to uh, your, your mm-hmm. students uh, said that they didn't like this game that some other teacher was, was doing the one about photosynthesis. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. it's, it's interesting that they can say that because then, like, when you have enough knowledge, you say, like, probably it's not the subject that I don't like. Probably it's a game. Uh, 
and and you mm-hmm. can see you start seeing all the pieces working apart one from the other because yeah. sometimes you don't you know probably you just probably you like math but you don't like the way it's taught or probably you just like one part or i don't know many many different things and if they if they if they can see it uh, sort of like well what you're always hearing in uh in in the discussion forums and in youtube videos like the um the theme and the game are different things and sometimes they work together and sometimes they don't and sometimes the theme sucks and sometimes the mechanics are great or you know all all sort of combinations Mm -hmm. but but you're able to see the parts yeah well i think this has been super interesting you know as far as you know well no just because there's so many aspects here as far as gaming goes you know and so many different levels too both from a design perspective like the implementation using the different types of um games across content is there anything else you'd want to add before we say goodbye well i uh i I have to say one of the first times i I heard the show was uh Mm -hmm. oh now i forget it um uh the designer of satosis uh-huh sure Uh, john covey yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was pretty inspiring because uh, uh, I, I remember he said uh, that he was doing a, a PhD and he had problems with his tutor, which is like very, very common. Like I, I wasn't surprised at all. And 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 you see some of the stuff he uh, he went through. But I, I played Satosis for the first time uh, with my mom, which is a retired chemistry teacher uh, mm-hmm. last last Saturday. And uh, and I enjoyed it. I, I mean, it's an excellent game. But then then. I realized that I, I, I was feeling unsatisfied and it was like, because I knew the game, but I didn't know, I, you know, my, my organic chemistry is really, really bad and my, my, my cell knowledge is really bad. So it said like, no, I really need, like, if I want to enjoy this, I have to go, go there. And he has this, this little leaflet in which he explains how, how things work and where they were discovered and where you can find more information. So, uh, so, so it was very funny feeling like a, you know, I, I had been educated. I had, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they had applied the same trick that I apply. You know, they huh. they, they gave me a game and then I, I wanted more. So uh, so it works. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, and John lives here. He lives in St. Louis where I live. So, oh. I, yeah, I know him well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it's a small world. <laughs> t- tell, tell him thank you. Like, uh, I, 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 I cer- really enjoyed it. Oh, no, I will, uh, I'll text him as soon as we get off the phone. That's so cool. What a perfect way to wrap up this international edition with a little triangle. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything. Well, that's what I teach. Complex systems. Everything is connected. There you go. There you go. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Really, really interesting and hearing about your approach and the implementation of what you do. So thank you so much for being on the show. No, thank you very much. And uh, I just, you know, I, I was taking notes and there's so many things I ha- I'll have to look after, of, you know, things you mentioned and uh, places. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, awesome. You know, well, that's that's that that's how that's how society grows. Though, you know, interchanging, exchanging ideas, international sure. society in this case. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people want to know more, is there a way that they can contact you to find out about what you do? Um, or are you on social media? Is there better? Well, I am in social media. I am. Uh, but uh, the thing is, when I, I, I'm on Twitter, but I didn't know exactly how to put the handle. So my handle is really bad. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Garcia ART3. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but probably I, I, n- I never changed my, my nickname because mm-hmm. uh, since my first name is Juan, uh, when I got my PhD, I was expecting people to call me Dr. J, but uh, well, didn't work out that well. So if you look in Twitter, Dr. J, that's me. Oh, that's fun. cool awesome well this is kathleen mercury and you can find me on twitter at mercury with seven m's Um, all of my game design resources are available for free at kathleenmercury.com and i am working painfully slowly on trying to excavate uh myself out from under this mountain of uh of, of work that I put out there trying to put this together in some sort of cohesive format. And uh, it's taking almost as much time to write about something as it does to teach it. So progress is slow. Um, but 
I think this is a really good challenge for me as an educator um, to be a little bit more professional about what I do so that others can use this um, more effectively and convince their administrators that having kids design games in the classroom is a good idea, which is uh, something obviously I'm a fan of. So um, to everyone out there, keep having fun in the classroom. There's no reason why teaching can't be the best job, most fun job in the world, especially if you play lots of games. And with that, have a great semester and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye bye. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Games in Schools and Libraries podcast. You can find out more about us and the people who create this show over at InverseGenius.com and all of our other wonderful, wonderful shows, including on board games, on RPGs, the Inverse Genius podcast, and the Room Escape Divas. We are also now joined by the Party Gamecast and Nephilip, who you might remember as Stephanie, previous co-host here on the Games in Schools and Libraries podcast, and our friend, Lynn Theory. Thank you for listening. Games in Schools and Libraries is produced in association with the Georgetown County Library System. 